Well, hey there, this is Julie Van Warmer, and you're listening to Unshaken, a podcast of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. And actually, you're listening to a bonus season in our Unshaken podcast, and this season is called Unshaken Moms. Unshaken Moms is going to consist of different talks that were given at our mom-to-mom ministry, which is also a ministry of Christ the Word Church. And uh, they're just great. They're really good things for moms. But before we jump into today's podcast, be sure that you subscribe to our Unshaken podcast so you'll be able to get notifications of all the upcoming podcast episodes. Our regularly scheduled season drops every Thursday. And this particular bonus season, that means we have 12 episodes um, that are focused on mothering, will also drop each week right along with our regularly scheduled episode every Thursday. You can reach out to me at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. If you have comments, suggestions, questions, any thoughts, I mean, honestly, I would love to hear from you. Okay, so today's particular episode is called Grow Up in Him. Now, when my kids were little, I did the traditional well check visits at the doctor. It was great to see how they were progressing in their height and their weight, and, you know, most importantly, had circumference. I mean, really? Who even knows why they do the measurements of your head? I mean, does it matter when they're 25 what their head circumference was when they were, you know, 18 months? I don't know. I just let them do it. No big deal. But honestly, it was really fun to watch my kids grow. I remember learning about the ages and stages of preschoolers and toddlers and when they got to elementary age. And I remember when they were little, purposely trying to come up with ways to help them grow. What about you, though? As a woman, have you ever thought about your own growth and how you are growing? Well, today we're going to listen to a talk given by Wendy Folk called Grow Up in Him because growing up in Christ is far more important and beneficial to our families than just our height and weight charts that we follow for our kids. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. Our family's New Year's tradition for years has been to watch The Twilight Zone all day long. My husband loves that show. It's an old, old TV show. These are clearly, you know, repeats. Um, But this is an old TV show where the TV narrator uh, places the TV um, audience into this journey into a wondrous land of imagination. So I would like for you to play along with me a little bit this morning by imagining yourself in the Twilight Zone 20 years from now. The year is now 2040. How old are you? How old are your kids? The kids that you know about. How old are your kids? What stage of life are they in? What stage of life are you in? Are they in high school? Do some of you have kids that maybe are getting married, having their own kids? How many of you might be grandparents in this year of 2040? How old are your parents? I could ask a lot of questions to future you, but I think the most important question that I could ask you is, have you grown up? Now I'm talking, have you spiritually grown up? So that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. What does that even mean to spiritually grow up? Does it mean that we just read the Bible a lot, or maybe we pray more, or is it maybe more than that? I hope that through this morning that um, you better understand the importance of growing up in God, and where you have been spiritually, 
where you are spiritually and where you're headed spiritually. And why that even matters to us as moms. So before we consider what spiritual maturity looks like, I want to talk about physical maturity for a second. And so to do that, we're just going to continue time traveling, and we're going to go back in time. We're going to go back in time to the day that you became a mom. So for some of you, we're going to go 30 years back in time. And for others, maybe you became a mom last year. So um, regardless of when it was, perhaps you delivered your own baby. Maybe you became a mom through fostering or through an adoption process, or maybe you became a mom through um, a stepchild. This sweet little baby is born, and he or she is completely helpless and dependent upon you, tiny. Um, and if they take a normal path of development, this child is going to grow up into a man or a woman who is independent. And I think they call that adulting now. But you know, growing up is not a given. You might meet a 45-year-old man, and maybe he's balding and has wrinkles, and he's working on that stomach, you know, and you think, okay, yeah, he's, he's, he's mature. But then you realize after talking with him that he is still living in his parents' basement, and he's playing video games all day. So growing up is not a given. And because of that, we can count it a privilege as moms to train our children to become grown-up, independent adults. So some things that I am doing with my kids, um, I'm talking about my younger two kids that are still at home, is uh, to help them to grow up to be more independent and to function as normal adults, is my son Tate has begun very grassroots effort at his own business. And um, this is something that we are helping him get started so that he can begin to make money and be responsible. Um, and also, these are all skills that he's learning that will help him someday in his own you know, work environment or his own family. And for my daughter, I'm helping her with really kind of becoming very proficient in the kitchen. And so each month this year, we are going to be working on a new culinary skill. And at the end of the year, my prayer is that I will create a cookbook that she will have with these memories and also with instructions on how to bake bread and make, hopefully, macarons and all sorts of, I love saying that word, um, all sorts of, you know, wonderful things. What are some things that you are doing with your children to help them grow up and be able to adult well? And maybe some of you have, like, really, really young children and some of you have older children. Think about what are some things that you're doing to help your children be more independent? And this is interactive. You can say something. Laundry. Laundry. So that will be helpful to you now, but it will also be helpful for your daughter to manage her home and for your sons to help their wives. What else are you doing? Julie. So Julie doesn't clean her house anymore. Her kids do the whole thing. Okay, what else? What else? Good. Like, they're adulting. <laughs> yes, Mary. Yeah, caring for pets is a great way to develop responsibility, to keep something alive, and that will go all throughout the days of their lives. Is anybody here potty training their child? Okay, you are helping them so that they can go to preschool, or they can go on a play date, or they can go to work someday and not 
pee their pants. So this is good. You guys are doing great. I hope you're encouraged that you are helping your children become independent adults, even now. So I think we all understand what it means to, you know, look physically or emotionally mature. So I'm going to take those, that knowledge, and now we're going to compare it to growing up spiritually. The Bible tells us that because of Adam's, Adam and Eve's sin in the garden, we are all born sinners. So we're born with just a natural bent to do things apart from God. All right, we say things like, I got this, I don't need your help, I'm fine, I'll just do this myself. In fact, we hear our little ones say, I do this myself, right? And that's good, they're growing up. But spiritually, this is actually weak and immature when we want to do everything ourselves. So to grow up spiritually, we need to first be born again. And this is God's work in us uh, as we turn from our sins through Jesus Christ and we begin to follow him. When we see our actual helplessness apart from God, we will then begin to depend more on him. And that strengthens our faith. You know, just as that 45-year-old man who was balding with wrinkles and lived in his parents' basement, just as he looked like he was mature, we can also sometimes look spiritually mature just because we attend church, just because we know all those right answers in Sunday school class. Um, but upon further examination, maybe our hearts will reveal things like pride or grudges or you know, maybe there's some disrespect of our husbands or just worldliness. And when that is there, then we need to admit that underneath all of those outward appearances that look like spiritual maturity, that maybe underneath actually lies uh, some spiritual immaturity. So just looking all spiritually grown up doesn't guarantee actual maturity. Growing up in God means that there will be a genuine heart change. So a heart that is changed by God will cause real change, actual change in our lives. And we see in our scripture verse today, which is at your table there, that God's plan for us is to grow up in him and to look more and more like his son, Jesus. So I'm going to read Romans 8, 29. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would be firstborn among many brothers. Okay, so God has chosen his children and he has determined that they will be conformed. Okay, that means like shaped, molded, changed into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And this is done so that Jesus would be the firstborn among many brothers. Okay, so that means so that Jesus will, be, will receive all of the honor and glory among the believers. Okay, that is the work that God is doing as he shapes us to look more like his son. Now, none of us here look like Jesus. He is perfect and without sin. Okay, but God is called a potter in the Bible, and we are his clay creation. So as he shapes us, we will look and think 
and act differently. But we need to be soft-hearted to his touch. And we need to be willing to be changed so that we might grow up in God and look more like his son, Jesus. So just to recap the maturity process, physically, we're born helpless and dependent, and then we grow up into independence. Spiritually, we're born weak and independent, but we mature as we become more and more dependent on God, and we begin looking more and more like his son, Jesus. So I want you to take a moment right now, this is interactive this this morning, I want you to write down how you want to grow up in God. How do you want to spiritually look in the year 2040? And if you can't go that far out, maybe just the year 2021. How do you want to grow up in God? Take a couple seconds there. So one of the ways that we um, help our children as they're growing up is we take them to the doctor. And I found that as my kids started getting older, I would just stop going to the doctor. We only went when they were sick, and that just wasn't very much. And so when we would finally get there, the doctor would say, wow, you were really behind on your vaccines. Well, this could have been a problem if my kids were exposed to some, you know, childhood diseases. So, um, you know, going to the doctor on a regular basis is helpful because it um, keeps your kids updated with that kind of thing. And it helps the doctor say, hey, this is how they're functioning. This is how this is what's going well. This is what's not going so well. Well, some of us, you might be like me and we blow off our wellness exams for our children and for ourselves. But we all need to prioritize spiritual well checks. In the Psalms, King David was an example of this when he asked God to examine his heart. So he wasn't asking God, hey, is my heart beating properly? He was asking God to reveal any hidden anxieties or any wrong thinking that he might have. How often do you go to God for a spiritual well check. These well checks that we go to, uh, that we ask God to check in our hearts, these heart examinations that he does in us, will show us how much um, we've grown in him, how God has been at work in us. But they also might reveal where we aren't growing. Uh, maybe where we're fighting God. Uh, perhaps where we're justifying sin. So I have a few questions for you just to think about um, as you check your spiritual wellness. And I think these are on your discussion page, so you can talk about this more with your group later. How does your life show God's work in you? How are you different than you were five years ago? Maybe for some of us, how are you different now than you were even last year? And are you seeing more fruit of the Holy Spirit in you? than fruit of your flesh. And if you don't know what that means, if you don't know what the fruit of the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit is, I encourage you to look and read Galatians 5. As you're asking God to examine your heart, also ask him to reveal where there might be those things that are preventing you from growing. Do you have fear that is taking um, faith and just choking it out? Or maybe there is a root of bitterness that is 
in your heart and it's just sprawling. Or perhaps maybe Satan is lying to you and accusing you of past sins or even current sins. He's just keeping you in bondage and preventing you from growing and living freely in Christ. Examine your hearts. Are you right with God through his son Jesus? And are you growing up in him? Or are there hindrances that are keeping you a baby Christian? The rest of my talk is really basing basing all of this on the assumption that you don't want to be a spiritual infant. I assume that we all here want to grow in Christ. And so I want to encourage you today with three possible ways that we can grow up in God and look more like his son Jesus. These are just three ways of many, but I thought this could be a good foundational starting point. So the first way that we can grow up in God is to know God rightly. Do you know who God is? To be more like Jesus, we need to know God rightly through his word. It has helped me to think on truths from the Bible who tell me, uh, that tell me who God is. You know, I will get into the word and I will look for scripture that describe who God is. And I'll pray those, we call them attributes of God. We pray these things. I pray these things to know God more. I dwell on these things. I think on these things so that I can know what God is like. One summer, I was feeling like God was very far away from me. And in that, I prayed that he would show me that he was actually with me, that he was near to me, and that he was actually good because it felt, my situation made it feel like he was bad. When I was thinking that God was far away, when I was thinking that he was bad and didn't care about me, this was an immature response, okay? I was letting my feelings trump what was truth. So instead, dwelling on the truth about God from his word, when I began doing that, Then I started seeing spiritual growth as I believed those truths and as I trusted God to be near me and good no matter what everything else around me looked like. We moms have been given such a privilege to show God to our children. When we rightly know God, we will reflect him to other people. And when we're reflecting him to our children, you know how they love to imitate us, they will begin reflecting God rightly too. Maybe you find yourself becoming easily angered when your children misbehave. We can reflect God rightly when we call that wrong attitude or those wrong actions sin. It is sin against a holy God. And we reflect God rightly when we speak truth to our children or to ourselves. And we discipline our children with the hope of change and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. We shouldn't assume that our kids will just be kids and just kind of let them keep doing whatever they're doing that's wrong. That's a sin. Instead, we can rightly reflect God 
by patiently disciplining them. And this is what God does for us, to us, in our sins. And we can reflect him by doing the same for them when we discipline them. So take a moment now, and I would like for you to write down a practical way that you can rightly think about God or that you can reflect him to others. So we want to grow up, and we don't want to remain as infants. Um, One of the ways that we can begin doing that is to have a right understanding of who God is based on his word. The second way that we can do this is to love God and to love other people. So Jesus says this in the book of John, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Love sets us apart and it makes us look like Jesus. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us what God's definition of love is. And it's quite different than what my natural understanding or my natural thoughts about love um, are. But as we grow up spiritually, we will start to see that our... uh, we'll, We'll see that we're just getting rid of those old, immature ideas that we have about things and becoming more in agreement with what God says about things. So God says that love is patient and kind, that it does not envy, it does not parade itself around. Love is not rude, it is not self-seeking, and it bears all things, and it believes the best about other people. Does this describe the way that you love? I know it doesn't describe the way that I love most of the time. Can you, just thinking about that makes you realize, wow, God really does need to shape me more and more into the image of Christ. Jesus loved perfectly. In fact, he loved so perfectly that he laid down his life for those that he loved. And as we lay down our lives, we will look more like Jesus too. And every day we have the opportunity to lay down our lives for our children, for our husbands, and for just people that are just in our world every day. You know, maybe that means that you are kindly instructing your child again and again until they're able to do that skill that you're teaching them. Or maybe it's joyfully saying yes to your husband tonight in bed. Or maybe it's just gently overlooking that rude comment that somebody makes to you at the grocery store. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us we can do all sorts of amazing things, but without love, it's nothing. Now, it is not easy and it is not natural to love like Jesus. You can't just do it better. You can't just pull up your bootstraps and do it on your own. So we have to seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit because then it's his fruit, his love, that pours out of us. As we empty ourselves, our natural and our fleshy responses will will dissipate. And we fill ourselves more with his spirit. And his love pours out of us 
This is a holy, unnatural, supernatural kind of love. And even when you're doing it, you can't believe it's coming out of you sometimes. That's how God gets the glory. And you look more and more like Jesus. So now you get to take a moment and you get to write down how you might need to love someone with this kind of Holy Spirit love. So the three ways that I've been sharing this morning with you on how to grow up in God, how to look more like Jesus, are to first know God rightly. That's from his word. The second way is to love God and to love other people. And that's with that Holy Spirit, supernatural kind of love. The third way that we can grow up in God is to suffer. Okay, that's not good news, right? (laughs) Some of us might even be cringing that I just said that. I know when I was in my early 20s and 30s, I definitely would have checked out at that moment when somebody said, if you want to grow up in Christ, you need to suffer. But you know, um, we live in a world that's fallen, and we will all face various kinds of trials. However, suffering in and of itself does not get the last word. God uses that suffering that we face to glorify himself and to grow us up in him has a great purpose. I know that being a young mom can be very difficult. Um, Late nights, feeling like just you're very tired. But you know what? I look at you ladies and I watch you and I think you are loving your children, you're patient with them, when I know it probably could have been easier to maybe snap or yell. And there are times when I know you do that, but think of all the times that you are doing well. And I just want to encourage you in that because you are a blessing to me and to many others as I watch you love them, teach them about Jesus, and teach them to love other people. And you know, being a mom that's a veteran that has older children, I know how tough that is, what a challenge it is when your children might make poor choices, when it, when it aches to see them perhaps walking away from the Lord. But I see you guys growing in faith as you trust God more with your children and as you are praying in earnest and diligent ways. And this is exciting. When mom life is hard, it's exciting to remember those sorts of things. But you know what's even better is that Jesus understands every difficult thing that we go through as moms. He understands because he faced afflictions here on earth too. And in fact, as he was facing his hardest affliction, death on a cross, do you know how he spent his time? Praying. He went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed until he came to a point of giving up everything. Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done. Difficult things and trials and those sorts of afflictions, they change us if we are willing to surrender everything to him. We will look more and more like Jesus when we can say, not my will, but thy will be done 
and God gets all of the glory then. I know it is hard to go through uh, difficult times and to glorify God through that. It's a process. But what about when our children have to go through difficult things? How do we respond then? When our children are struggling with something that's difficult, um, this is going to reveal our true desire for them. Do we want them to grow up or not? Do we want them to look like Jesus? Or would we prefer that they just blend in and look like the world? You can help your children to be shaped by God even as they go through these difficult um, situations. You can encourage them as they go through the difficult situations rather than stunting their spiritual and their emotional growth by preventing them from these difficult situations. Now, I know that this is going to take wisdom and discernment. You know, I'm certainly not telling you to put your child into known danger. You know, don't tell them to get into the car with the stranger. Don't let them go hang out with that creepy neighbor next door, you know. But God uses our afflictions to teach us, to train us. In Psalm 119, King David says that God is, was faithful to afflict him. Because the afflictions helped him to know and love God's ways. I know when I've gone through tough trials, I know God far more intimately during those trials and because of those trials. During those times, I press into him like I never had before. I dig in his word. I park in his word. I pray more diligently. I depend on him more and more because of those struggles. And it's not unusual for God to even use these afflictions to bring our children to salvation in him. So now take a moment and write down how you need to surrender your will, your ideas, your control, so that you can say, thy will be done. So to close this morning, I want you to think about where you were maybe five to ten years ago spiritually. If you're a brand new Christian, you can think back to last year. But if you've been walking with the Lord for a while, think back five, ten years. Where were you spiritually? Maybe spend some time, you know, journaling specific ways that you've seen God change you. And the more specific you are, the more encouraged I think you'll be. And then I want you to remember back to the beginning of this talk and how you want to look in the year 2040. I pray that just today, that as you've heard three possible ways to grow up in God and to look more like Jesus, by knowing God rightly through his word, by loving him and loving other people with that supernatural, spirit-filled love, and by surrendering to God through suffering. I pray that those three things will begin to make an impact in your life. And my desire is that this talk might be somehow supernaturally used by God 
to bring this priority of growing up in God, looking more like Jesus. I pray that he would bring that to your mind over and over until the year 2040 and beyond. And I pray that you would consistently be looking for ways that you can grow up. Doing this will make an impact on your life today. It'll make an impact on your life for many years to come. I know a, a family who is from India. They, they moved here from India. And we attended church with them when we lived in Finland years ago. And they were very godly. This, this was a very godly family. And so I wondered, you know, if they grew up in India, and I thought India was like, you know, the land of Hinduism and all of those other religions, how did they become Christians? So one day I asked them, you know, how did this happen? How did you, how did you become a Christian? And their response completely shocked me. I guess maybe I was naive, but the response shocked me because they said that they were fifth generation Christians. Okay, so here I was in this conversation feeling like the smug American Christian. You know, I grew up in this Christian nation and, you know, I grew up in a Christian family. How did you become a Christian? You know, and here they had a much deeper and richer Christian heritage than I did. Because of British missionaries who had gone over to India many, many years ago and had shared Christ with this with this couple, as I wrote it out, great, great, great grandparents, these friends of mine from India enjoyed this just rich Christian heritage. I'm sure that those missionaries had no idea how their obedience would impact the people that they were talking to, let alone the many generations that would follow. How we live today, it affects the future. So make growing up in God your highest priority. Time will fly quickly. And pretty soon it won't just be our imaginations, but 2040 will be a reality. God is going to use how you live your life today to impact your grandchildren's grandchildren and beyond. And I think it's so humbling to think that way. But you will impact many others as God shapes you, as he molds you, and makes you look more and more like his son, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so now let's think about those questions that Wendy asked us. She asked us a few questions at the beginning of her talk, and I think they're really good to start thinking about. She asked us this, where have you been spiritually? Where are you spiritually right now? And where are you headed spiritually? See, these are all really important to think about. I don't know where you are today, but I encourage you to honestly think through those questions. Because our growth in Christ is vital as we mother and care for our families. If you're listening today and you are not sure how to grow in Christ, hey, I encourage you to reach out at your local church. And if you can't do that or are uncomfortable doing that, reach out to me at my email, unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would actually love to personally connect with you and chit-chat with you, maybe even on the phone, about this important decision. 
Hey, thanks for listening to this special bonus episode. Remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand as an unshaken mom because of our rock and our fortress because of God. Until next time.